My name is uh, Jay Darris Mitchell. I'm an ecological science fiction writer from Austin, Texas. And I'm here to talk about bugs, birds, plants, and the books I write. This is the first episode of a series with Jay Darris Mitchell about his book series. Interstellar Spring. Jay Darris Mitchell is author of fantasy and science fiction books. He lives in Austin, Texas when he's not taking long walks through Europe on a shoestring budget or living out of an RV as he birds the eastern half of the U.S. Writing is hard work and gets in the way of reading. Why do you do this to yourself? I've always been interested in writing. I first got into writing in fourth grade when my uh, we had to do writing in the state of Texas for the standardized test. Oh. And my... Uh, teacher, Miss Bradford, said you could write any book you wanted. And so she gave us all little hardbacks and everyone else, you know, wrote books about their pets and their family. And I wanted to write a book about a, uh, a mercury fly trap that crash landed to earth and started growing up in the greenhouse and started eating people and was eventually defeated by uh, the help of shaving cream. Um, and so I think that explains, I still like to write books about plants and, and I still have a big beard. So I think that kind of explains a lot, but uh, I've just always been really interested in, in making my own worlds and, and kind of exploring that part of my brain. And so it's, for me, it's always been something I've been interested in. Oh, wow. And that was, did you say fourth grade? Yeah. That was in fourth grade was my first uh, sci-fi novel. My mom still has it on her shelf. Sweet, sweet. You know, thinking about you today or even looking back, what is that special something that you put into fiction better than any, anyone else in the world? I think that, uh, especially with my Interstellar Spring series, I, I think I put in a level of ecology that I'm really proud of and I'm really happy with. I've seen a few other books sort of touch on that and are like, and there's def- it's definitely a, a component of a lot of uh, books that I like, but I really try to, to dig in and think about like how these ecosystems work from the ground up and sort of start with the microorganism level and and then go to insects until we get to larger and larger things. So that's something that I really try to uh, focus on and, and, and study. And so in my interstellar spring books, I, those are soft science fiction in that we have faster than light travel. We have artificial gravity. So we have these like, you know, more fantastic sort of elements, but the insects I chose to be on those planets, those are definitely based on experience of like, well, these are the most invasive ones we have on earth. Would these be useful somewhere? I'm like, yeah, if you were trying to cover a planet in grass, well, I know which ones we'd pick. We'd pick the ones that we can't get rid of down here. Yeah. So what is your attraction to ecology? I've always been interested in it, but I I really got super into it. I joined a volunteer group called the Capital Area Master Naturalists. And every year I have to donate 40 hours of my time towards counting local animals and local plants or removing invasive species or building trails or stuff like that. 
And uh, it's just really intensified my perspective. I feel like I kind of always had a broad perspective and was always the kid who liked to explore creeks and find creatures and stuff like that. But but uh, joining this organization really helped me sort of narrow my focus. And it's just so it's just wonderful to write about. I just love it. I think anytime that I come across it in books, it, it just fascinates me. Like I love uh, a lot of Kim Stanley Robinson's work or mm. Tough Voyaging by George R. Martin's one of my favorites. And so I just want more of it. You know, anytime I, I and, and there's so much of the natural world, like it's so complex and there's so many different creatures that live under the sea and in our own backyard. And there are just so many different adaptations. And I'm like, man, this is, there's an unlimited amount of just inspiration to pull from if we just look at, at the natural world. Wow. Okay. Uh, are you a pretty active person in, uh, when you're not writing, are you out there exploring? I try to. Yeah. Hmm? I, um, definitely love birding. So I, I've fallen and just fallen in love with that. So me and my, I take my, I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And so they've, I've seen, 320 birds in Travis County, and they've probably seen 250 because I like to take them out around and uh, just kind of observe the observe the natural world and observe what birds are doing. So that's a that's a fun thing, and that's something that I want to put in in future books. All my my writing friends are like, when are you going to write a book about birds? Like, we need a book about birds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, let's talk about interstellar spring. On your website, it says, Monsters evolved on the terraformed worlds. Meet the people who study them. A century ago, the Institute for Organic Expansion launched unmanned spacecraft loaded with spores, seeds, and eggs to 51 Earth-like planets to begin the terraforming process. It worked, mostly. Now the interstellar ecologists stabilize these young planetary ecosystems to strengthen mankind's place in a lifeless galaxy. This is a really nice high f- concept that you use through all three books of the series. Where did you get this concept from? When I think about space exploration and I think about us trying to like terraform Mars or live on Mars, I don't think we're going to be able to do it unless we find a way to grow plants. I, I don't think that's going to happen. So when I think about that, uh, think about going to the Mars or the moon, it's like we're going to need to find ways to bring our ecosystem with us, you know. And then I was thinking, if we do continue to explore, the, I mean, I hope that we find alien life. I think a lot of science fiction writers <laughs> hope we find aliens out there at some point. But if we don't, then I was thinking like, well, what is the best thing that humans could do for the solar system or the galaxy? And I think if we find a life galaxy that the best thing we could do would be to spread life because it's so amazing and it sustains itself and it's going to help us live. And so I was thinking about, so I was thinking about this series and I was like, okay, so I start with the idea that we don't find life. And so then, well, how do we, how do we do it? And so they start to use microorganisms and, and fungus and plants and insects. And I thought about how it was just a really fun thought experiment to think about, okay, the first thing we would do is you end up with these like organic compounds that sort of naturally occur, like ammonia and things in different parts of the solar system and different parts of the earth. And so then release the things that eat those and then release the things that eat those. And you kind of start building up the food web. And just thinking about that was so much fun, but I didn't think that I could have a novel that was just about an, you know, an ant colony <laughs> being released. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'll jump ahead a hundred years to when these ecosystems have already kind of been built up. And, and so these, these planets are living planets, thanks to people kind of starting the process and then start with a team of people that are uh, investigating and, and they're starting to find out, 
you know, they're looking at these these ecosystems and, and finding what works for them and what doesn't work and what supports their supports people and doesn't support people. And then also they work for the Institute for Organic Expansion. And so they they've never really questioned it. Our protagonist, Catalina, she's a passionate captain. She's the most passionate person in this organization. Her father was a sort of a hero in this organization. So she's never really questioned it. But then in these books, she starts to realize, wait a minute, were these planets empty? What exactly does that mean if we're trying to expand like what is that why why did we pick the most like sort of vicious forms of life it, was that all good and so she starts to question like so so I start with this assumption that hey these planets are empty but then she starts to wonder wait a minute you know were they empty like what's kind of going on so it's a, it's a really fun place to kind of place to play and I also explore there's like she goes to these each of the planet. So, so they're they're all in on trying to make these like breathable worlds, places where we can live outside and, you know, you could farm outside and that kind of thing. But then there is at the same time, there's these things called burb domes, which are totally my like, you know, what I don't want to happen, where they're like just these giant industrial cities. Everything is sort of recycled in house. People are it's all mechanized. And so people are living in these like giant self-sufficient robotic apartment kind of things. And so she, that's sort of. Uh, not the antagonist, but like an antagonistic force where she's like, we want to live outside under the skies of these planets. And these other places are like, well, yeah, but we could get all of your food delivered to you every day and you don't ever have to go outside. So that was kind of a fun, a, a place that I like to explore is like this sort of the difference between what it means to live with the, with the natural world, as opposed to like living without it. Oh, cool. If you enjoy listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts, but find it difficult to remember to check the website for new shows, get this technology from the future. Install into your phone a podcast player. Using this, you can subscribe to our podcast feed. And next thing you know, you'll be cruising around in your car with your phone plugged in playing sci-fi thoughts, or you'll be out there jogging, or you'll be doing whatever you want to do, and have your ears plugged into some cool science fiction programming. You can find instructions on LancerKind.com. We've got goodies in the show notes for you, like Jay Darris Mitchell's Instagram and his homepage. And later, we'll have links to some audio dramas that he's been a part of and produced. Where are the show notes? The show notes show up right in your podcast player for your easy tapping. Not using a podcast player? Go back to the website where you downloaded this MP3, and there you'll find show notes in that webpage. Next episode, more Jay Darris Mitchell. And as far as books go, you're, there's probably a lot more. I mean, you, you mentioned some of them, like Kim Stanley Robinson tends to do hard SF with biology. So if I had to write a story about ecology and, 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 and I'm sorry, what's it called? The life web? Is that right? Or the ecology? Yeah, the food web or uh, life cycles. Are you talking about like about like uh yeah like how how different the tropic pyramid how different things eat the things below them and kind of move their way up there you go yeah tropic pyramid i don't even have that word so thank you for that so so how did you pick this stuff up was this something that you that you learned through life and then wrote a book about or is this something that you thought i'm gonna write a book about it but now i need to research more 